Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Today we're going to be covering the uh, Shudder original Scare Me. It is a Shudder original, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which reminds me, I still need to subscribe to Shudder. <laughs> do, you, do you still not? I know, <laughs> I know. Like four bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, Ian. You, you buy all these action figures on Eva, but you won't spend the four dollars. Listen, don't call me <laughs> Ain't that how it goes, though? You know, you see something online you want. It's a, at a at a horrible price, like $100, and then you're like, oh, but that $4 shipping and handling, oh, no, cannot do that. That will kill me. For some reason, that will be like, oh, now I can't. <laughs> uh, how'd you like this movie, Ian? Uh, I liked it. It was definitely... So I recommended it because a lot of people whose movie opinions I usually align with on Twitter were like talking about it when it came out and I looked it up and I was like, well, this seems like a movie I would like. And it definitely wasn't at all what I thought it was. Yeah. It wasn't what I thought it was at all. Um, I, I thought it was going to be like a true anthology film. I thought as they were telling stories, maybe we would get short films yeah. scattered throughout. And instead what we have here is two people telling stories and it's basically like we're watching like, couple theater kids you know spend the night together uh, yeah and it, it is really well done though i did really really enjoy it um and it reminded me so much of me and my husband because me and my husband do this all the time like on a saturday night or something we'll just get really wine drunk and we'll just we call it creative nights and just do any and everything we'll you know um act out stories we'll, we'll you know sing and dance and and just anything like this um and so this was really really nice to watch i thought yeah, I mean, I think I was, like, once they started telling the story, I was like, oh, we're going to see, like, almost like, you know, like, Family Guy or Simpsons does, like, a parody of something, but it's, like, still the characters, they're just, like, in The Shining, you know? Yeah, no, That's what I kind of thought was going to happen here once they started telling stories. It was like, oh, they'll still be themselves, but, like, they'll be in this, but, like, nope, it's just them literally looking at each other telling <laughs> stories. I think there are one, there are four characters total in this in this movie. Yeah. Um, it is a very, very small production. It looks great. And it's uh, the, the editing, like the actors could not have predicted what they were going to do with the editing. I don't think, um, they probably just read the script, showed up and, and did it. But the, the two leads here, I didn't even write down the actor's name. Look, look at me. I'm fucking up already. Um, they have <laughs> such great chemistry though. I thought they were like great together. Yeah. Aya uh, Cash is, like, really good, and he's really handsome. Yeah, he is. He's, like, I don't know, they're, they're, and they're both, like, super animated. It is really like watching theater kids. Um, I mean, they're actors, right? So they right. really got to, like, uh, really stretch out their acting to be as dramatic as possible in this movie. I will say, though, from the start, I really liked the bit of, and I feel like you can relate to this, like the cab driver who is one of the four characters we get who's only in the beginning and the end when she's just like telling him the story of her whole fucking script. Well, and she, yes. <laughs> like, I just feel like how often does that happen? And it happens all the time to me. And I'm Literally like... Literally everything in this movie I feel like is something... It's just not even just writers. It's just creative people are like this. Like every beat in this movie is so accurate. Um, you can tell that creative people wrote it. Because, like, he's annoyed at her for telling him his story, but then when he meets Aya Cash, he yeah. wants to tell her about his novel, and it's... <laughs> exactly. So we'll go ahead and get into it, then, since we're already at the at the beginning. So immediately we get the intro. It's a scare me. It looks a lot like Insidious, I thought. Um, and then 
uh, we get Fred, our main character Fred, is riding in the backseat of this taxi slash Uber. I wasn't really sure what it was. Um, and the driver's name is Bettina. And she's, oh, so Fred is like a struggling uh, writer and actor. And he's going out to the cabin in the woods to like try to break his writer's block and get some stuff done and kind of pull himself together. And Bettina on the way there, uh, it's just, she's, she's basically, like we said, she, she's every writer ever. She's, well, I have a really good idea for a story, but I'm not going to tell you. Cut to two seconds later, she's telling him every part of her story. <laughs> There's a droid army that she mentions at one point that I loved. <laughs> I, I, just like two completely different periods of, of history, and she's like blending them together. And, and like, for when we get to the end, I will say yeah. that in my notes, I literally after she tells that story, I put like, I hope this movie ends with this fucking taxi driver having a huge fancy blockbuster film. <laughs> it, like um like Happiest Season where the where the left out sister gets her big blockbuster at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, the, this opening scene though. It was really good uh, with foreshadowing. Because there's a yeah. couple different foreshadowings that happen in here. Um, so Fred and it, gets... like, it, it's a good way. I don't know. I, I feel like it kind of hints that yeah. we're going to return to this taxi driver, right? Well, like definitely. you kind of think. And not even just that, not even just returning to her. Like uh, when she says, she says beforehand, like, I don't want to tell you my story because I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to steal it. And then she tells it to him. He does steal it later. Right. He does kind of like briefly, you know, tell it to Fanny. Um, but uh, so but Fred gets to the cabin. <laughs> Everybody's Everyone eats shit. <laughs> Fred gets to the cabin and sits in front of his laptop. And all that's written on his laptop is uh, werewolves have guns. Get revenge now. If I open up my notes app on my on my phone, it's <laughs> all that's in here. It's a bunch of like one line ideas. Literally, I put God. This is me writing because yeah, I think I have like ready or not, make it gay. Like those are notes I have in my phone. Like. Yeah. Um, and so the cabin setting, I love the cabin setting because it really does set the tone for the movie, and it really does like kind of subvert your expectations because you think something's gonna happen with this, right. with this cabin, maybe kill her outside or something like that. None of, that. none of that happens. None of that happens. But it's a great horror setup. Um, Fred goes on a run to kind of clear his mind, and he runs into Fanny Addy. Uh, he notices that she has hurt her ankle and he tries to offer her help. I didn't think he was that bad. I didn't think it was problematic at all. He was just offering her help and uh, yeah, no. introduces himself, but she's not about it. Fanny is a no, no shit kind of woman. And she's like, I didn't, he, he, he says, I'm Fred. And she says, I didn't ask your name. <laughs> she's the type just, of character that Ian loves immediately. Just a slow clap there, you know, just, <laughs> okay, this is the type of woman we're dealing with and I'm all about it. I'm here for it. So she's also staying at one of the rental cabins nearby. So they walk back together and, uh, as they're walking, they have a little conversation and she is Fanny Addy, a best selling horror no novelist. Um, she wrote a book Venus and it's supposed to be this big juggernaut of a book within the horror community, I guess. Um, and so he says that, you know, he's a fan of hers, but we find out later he hadn't even read the book. Do you think he hadn't actually read the book or do you think he was just like giving her shit? No, I thought, I, I assumed it was something like me working at Barnes and Noble, how like I could tell if I saw a famous author, I could name 10 of their fucking <laughs> books and I haven't read any of them. Yeah. We get immediately basically that like Fanny is really a, uh, She's just such a direct character, and I really like that how, how direct she is. And I feel like she is the type of writer that everybody wants to be. And yeah, successful. <laughs> everybody's everybody's Fred, really. <laughs> like I think both characters are actually every writer, you know, just 
all in one. You know, on the outside, you see all, all your writer friends and you're like, ah, oh, they have it so together and they have this, you know, book deal and, and they're so confident and stuff like that. But then on the inside are feeling like Fred, where uh, Fanny is probably feeling like Fred a little bit on the inside too, you know? Um, right. Well, I mean, it's like the hierarchy of like the taxi driver is annoying Fred. Fred's annoying yeah. Fanny and like. I feel like there's always that, right? Where it's like, Franny can maybe feel like self-conscious around other writers. She's not feeling self-conscious around Fred because she thinks he's yeah. dope. Yeah. Um, and it's like that kind of thing. Well, I don't even think she, like, she, I think she thinks he's the dope, but I think she gives him her time of day because, yeah. because I think she does have a little bit of confidence in her, in him. And then like, as the movie goes on, like she kind of loses it. Um, and she's like, mm, you know, you turned out to be who I thought you were at the beginning, I guess. Um, that night... The power goes out, and Fanny shows up at Fred's cabin, and they decide that they're going to wait out the outage together. They start drinking. Uh, Fanny has her idea notebook with her, and I love this part. That she, it's, it's, she has her notebook with her, and he, like, goes for it, or he's, like, asking her about it. And she's immediately, like, defensive and protective about it, and she's like, it's none of your business. And she like, kind of snaps at him and then apologizes. It's like... That was a little bit aggressive. Um, <laughs> so, But then Fred offers up Bettina's idea and passes it off as his own. Um, <laughs> but I love that, that she like you know, has her notebook full of all these great ideas that she's, you know. Because she like, she says he might steal it. And then she's like, especially with desperate white dudes like you. Oh, yeah. She's always picking on the white dude in this. <laughs> it is hilarious. I love it. <laughs> uh, Fanny suggests that, you know, to wait out the storm, they tell each other stories to scare each other. Um, uh, starting with Fred and his werewolf story, because he's kind of been going on about, you know, the story that he's working on. You know, every writer asks another writer, what are you working on right now? And he's working on this werewolf story. And so she says, I love being scared. And then she kind of just like, that's where she's like, now scare me. And she wants him to tell her the werewolf story. Yeah. And this is the kind of shit like, I'm not going to lie. Like I respond, I, I respond well to a strong woman and I would respond well <laughs> to a confident woman writer being like, no, that's bad. Redo that. Nope. That's bad too. redo that. Like, that's like, God, let me go on a retreat with this woman and I will have a book written by the end of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like she's she is direct. And, you know, I have to say, like, uh, I do relate to Fred a lot in this. I do, because I know how much criticism hurts, even if it's not meant to be malicious or anything like that. She's criticizing him and every every creative person, you know, not everybody's great with criticism. And I know that it would maybe hurt my feelings a little bit, you know, her constantly kind of giving not even little jabs, but, you know, little suggestions. And but they're not even really suggestions because she's so direct with it. Um, I just so, I respond well to directness. Ah, goodness. I don't know. Um, I do. I would never tell somebody that they hurt my I feelings. I know. <laughs> but it would definitely hurt my feelings, I think. Um, but. I don't know. Like, I, I really like how they tell their stories here because this first werewolf story is all about a, a boy who saw his family get killed by a werewolf and grows up and takes revenge. And it's a very, like, generic revenge werewolf story. She uh, helps him make it better. She really does. Exactly. It's a very generic story. She kind of acknowledges that. She's like, really? That's your story? I really enjoy how the filmmakers kind of play around with these stories, though, because like we said, it, I, I kind of thought it was going to be... Uh, an anthology film, short films, a bunch of short films, but um, as they're acting it out, you know, we get we get the actors elevating the performance, and then we get these little moments of, like, we'll see a werewolf shadow, or we'll hear the sounds of a werewolf, or, like, cop lights kind of briefly, you know, in the shot and stuff like that, and it makes this whole, like, 
acting exercise just that much more great. I, I love this. I, I love how they presented this. Well, and I, I mean, I think this is like the best one. I think like, not because his story, but like the, I don't know. I felt like this caught me by surprise because this isn't at all what I expected the movie to be. Like yeah. I didn't, and he does a really good job of like, you know, he's being the werewolf, he's being the mom. And, but they do a good job of also making it funny because right when he's like, impersonating the mom he says she's also a long island jewish sort of thing is like how he describes the mom (laughs) and then when he's like the mom's like loading the gun she asks is it a silver bullet mom feels like she really knows what she's doing here like yeah that shit like is weird to say but it like makes this like two-person scene very interesting it is, even though it's, it's like actors acting telling a story and it's so good because she keeps like picking at him saying hey details 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 and then he like it does make the story better because you know if i think if he just told it without any input from her it have been very cut and dry you know no real details and stuff like that his acting is great it would have been great but there uh, right. she does know what she's talking about and she even like there's a moment right before this where he's like not verbatim but um you think you can school me on story because, you know, you're a published author? And she's like, yes, actually, uh, I can. <laughs> she does. I, I, it's interesting that you think this one was the best one, right? When I, the, like, skimmed I, over this one. <laughs> the thing that made me laugh the hardest was when she's, like, she's like asking him for, like, why, right? Yeah. Um, And so, but, so he names the werewolf Benjamin Franklin, and she says, no, I love that the werewolf shares the name with a politician who invented electricity. And she means it. And then she, like, asks what the, like, motivation is. And he says, it's from personal experience. And she replies, from getting attacked by a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> she does like, not let up. She does not let up. The entire That movie. shit for me is so good. Like, that's. Yeah. And her, it's like, me quoting it doesn't do it justice. Just her delivery is just so deadpan and, like. She doesn't really care. She's just being honest, right? Like, yeah. she's not actually trying to, like, upset him. She's just no, like... No, 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 not at all. So, like, towards the end of my notes, and I guess I'll bring it up here. Um, I don't feel like... I feel like she wouldn't be here doing this with him if she wasn't trying to, like, push him to his best potential. I really feel like she thinks maybe he has potential, and she's, like, really trying to make him, like, kind of tap into that greatness that she thinks maybe he has. Um she doesn't really know him, but she's like, if you have greatness, like, here, tap into it. Um, and he's just holding himself back. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I thought it was, I-, I feel like all of this stuff, none of this stuff comes from a bad place. All of her, like, criticisms and directness and all that, it definitely came from a place of, like, hey, like, realize your greatness. Do it. Like, do something. She even says that later. So, so she tells a story about a girl who tries to kill her pervert grandpa. And she accidentally kills the dog instead, but the grandfather does die a little bit later. Um, and after that, she's haunted by the grandfather and the dog. This story is absolutely fucking creepy to me. And I think this is, like, by far the best one in the film. Uh, it I is creepy. It is, it, for sure. I want Shudder to make this. Like, <laughs> Shudder needs to get on it. This would be a great film. Um, it would be insanely creepy. Uh, her acting style is is so much more subdued than his. Um, she's much more subtle with her acting, but um, just as great, you know. And it's incredibly eerie. You know, her acting as the grandfather. I think her acting as the grandfather just like gave me shivers, even the second time that I watched it. I will say I don't. I didn't like the first one the most because I thought it was the scariest. I just liked her banter mm-hmm. with him. To, like for me, that was just like enjoyable. Yeah, and he doesn't really so like throughout like whenever she because obviously she's 
better than him. She's she's better at doing this than her him. Her story's better, yeah. Yes, and so um, he does try to like throw in little things to to I don't know do the same thing that she was doing during during his story, and she immediately shuts him down. And she's just she like, says, "Don't don't interrupt. don't interrupt me." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she said it like twice. Um, and I think with somebody like that is like you have to like. This is the difference between them. Is like he doesn't have the confidence. Um, whether he has the talent or not, he doesn't even have the confidence. And if he's yeah. going to, you know, be great, he has to match that energy from her, right? They have to, like, she's challenging him, and she's wanting him to match her. Uh, yeah. But he doesn't do it, and he never does it. And I did like, wait, is it her? No. Oh, right. We got, God, we watched, full disclosure, we watched this movie, like, Almost, uh, actually, no, what, more what than a month ago. Say? It was January what? January, January 20th, and it's now <laughs> February 25th that we're recording this. I got to watch uh, it today, though. So, wait, she so she tells her grandpa's story, Yeah. and then do we go to the troll story? But they tell that one together, right? Yeah, so they take a break, they order pizza, and we find out that Fred is, he gives a little bit of his backstory. So he, he is just down and out on himself. Um, we find out that he's just trying to make his life work out, just like we all are, you know? His wife left him, he had a mental breakdown. We get this look, <laughs> it's like kind of creepy part where he's like, um, and you know, I did tell her I was going to kill her. Um, but we like we told each other we were going to kill each other, and, and Fanny's like, you're not making may feel any more comfortable with this <laughs> and but so, like to be fair like yeah. you or i probably should say that you know you're like oh yeah i told zach to like, kill him but yeah. this feels like a little more sinister right and he kind of um i didn't i didn't even think it was all that sinister i don't think so i didn't take him as a sinister character at all and if they were trying to paint that i didn't get that well at the I, end we I, get to i didn't think he was being sinister we'll get it we'll get to it. we'll get to it right. and well, i didn't think he was sinister but like you know he's he's kind of just down and out on himself and uh she basically says well and he's like you know and i can't write anything and stuff like that and she's like well just do something why don't you do something um she's just not there to like play gate his you know feeling sorry for himself she's like you know let's get back inside and do something then um, and so while they wait on pizza, Fanny and Freddie collaborate on a story about a troll who lives in the walls of an edible arrangements store. So good. The troll convinces the secretary to kill her boss, and it's just the fact that they're in a fucking edible arrangements. <laughs> like, perfect. Great. You know what? Wait, this one might have been my favorite. This one might have been <laughs> my think? favorite. Do you think? It wasn't my... So the story's... Because uh, it's so silly. In order for me, I think the story's... Uh, were her story, his mm, troll story. I do like the troll story second, the werewolf story, and then the talent show at the very end. What All order right. would you put yours in? Um, I think the troll, werewolf, grandpa, musical. Okay, perfect. I'm glad we both have musical at the very end. Um, yeah, no, it, it's 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 just like it's such a weird one too, and I love that they're collaborating. I think their collaboration it makes it so much better too. Yes, um, he kind of gets down and acts as the troll, and he's like contorting his face, and it's he gets just, really into it. It really is, and she's so great with these like transatlantic like um, kind of blonde bimbo uh, voices yeah. that she does, and it's 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 perfect. And uh, well, I love that. He he says something like "mind your baskets" and then he like stops and she's like, "No, I like that as a saying. Mind your baskets." No, so she okay. So she says uh, she comes in as as the boss and she's like, "Everybody, you don't fuck with the troll. The troll don't fuck with you." And then she's like, "Wait, but no, no, they wouldn't say fuck. Um, they would say, "All oh, right, 
Mind your baskets, and the troll will mind his. <laughs> so great. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I love it. But then she says she likes that saying, the one that yeah, she said. She right? Okay, so I was thinking he said it. this entire thing, Ashley comes up with these little ideas, or as she hears little ideas, we see her go to her notebook, and she starts writing stuff down. So keep that in mind. And uh, then the troll's name is Devin, which Devin I love that troll, she says. A very, like, it's a very modern name for a yeah. troll. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she likes it, and she does. <laughs> she it's, it's, like, weird to her. So she's, like, uh, we can see on her face when she's into it, and then when he and his performance and story telling kind of brings her out of it but she kind of like holds herself back from you know shitting on his idea and she kind of just goes with it you know and she's really good at doing that off the cuff and, and yeah going with Devin the troll <laughs> it's a great and, story they collaborated on yeah I mean it's like so ridiculous but I love it <laughs> yeah they don't they don't finish the story before uh before the pizza guy Carlo shows up and scares them both he like walks in uh through because they hallway. almost kiss Yes. Did they? I don't. Oh, shit. I even watched it today, and I don't remember that. God, because I I have in my notes, okay. I yelled, I want them to kiss, and you yelled, no kiss. Okay. Yeah, no. I wouldn't have liked them to kiss. I like the dynamic they already have, the kind of butting heads a little bit. Um, I think kissing would have been forcing it. Um, I love... uh, but that's the kind of dynamic I want to kiss. That's the only <laughs> dynamic I want to kiss. You are horny in quarantine, okay? <laughs> go go write a fanfic about it. <laughs> I, with, with or without, I can be getting laid. I hope everybody hears them getting flustered over that too. <laughs> Listen, motherfucker, I can be getting laid every day and yeah. I would still like a dynamic that's people butting heads. Yeah. That's why I liked Buffy and Spike better than Buffy and Angel. I like, it's yeah. like, ooh, they're butting heads, but like, they're going to fuck. Like that's, that's the only kind of like dynamic. Other romance, I'm like, boring. I don't even want no romance in here. Um, but <laughs> the pizza guy Carlo is played by a Saturday Night Live actor, uh, Chris Red. I love yeah. this guy. Love this. He's guy. really good. Loved him it. on Saturday Night Live. It's great. Um, and he's a big fan of Freddie. Uh, not Freddie. Yeah. Fanny. Fanny. Yeah. Did, did you notice the Fanny and Freddie thing that they tried to do here? It reminded me of the uh, the Sarah Palin thing. I got to get Fanny and Freddie back on the back to work or whatever. You never saw that. Her I don't know what Katie Couric. About. So Carlo's gonna leave, and uh, before he leaves, he does this his own little like acting thing without knowing that they were gonna do theirs. And so um, Fanny's like immediately intrigued, and she's like, "Hey, why don't you stay here and like?" tell scary stories with us. You look like you're a guy who knows scary stories. He like stops dead in his tracks, turns around and joins them. And because wait, she offers him pizza and he says, you'd think I get tired of it, but it's the best pizza in town. And oh he like, gosh. I feel it. I feel eat. it. I, I worked at a, a Papa John's and I, I never got tired of fucking pizza. I can tell you that. Um, Papa John's? Papa John's. Yeah. I was 14 years old. So Ugh, that's like the worst. Yeah. Pizza. My body could handle anything at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like my to, body would shut down. If I, I used to bring a medium pizza home with me just about every day. Um, I used but, to order the um, the cheese bread sticks. Oh, did you? Were, I, I used yeah. to get those too. Those were, thinking back on it, that's some cardboard. It's just cardboard with a little bit of it's cheese on it. <laughs> just melted cheese on like bread. That's all it's, it is. It's not good. Um, <laughs> but Fanny and Carlo do cocaine. Because uh, Fanny asked, do you want Coke? And yeah. Carlo slowly raises oh, his hand. Oh, I wish you could see us, too. It's so like, good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, cocaine's fun. Because um, also, I feel like <laughs> if, like, someone said that to us, I, yeah. like, someone offered us drugs, you'd, like, look at me, and I'd be the one, like, yes, please. <laughs> yes. Um, Fred would does not participate in this. He does not want to do any Coke. Because um, he, he says that he gets, like, bad. Yeah. I mean, I believe it. He's. Yeah. 
Right. He's just that type of person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the uh, but Fred Fred throughout the movie also is trying to get these little digs at um, at Fanny, whereas Fanny's trying to make Fred kind of realize his own greatness. Fred is always trying to get digs at, at Fanny, and, and he keeps being like, well, why don't you reenact your book, your big famous book? Why don't you reenact it? And finally, Carlo is here, and Carlo loves um, Venus, and so he's like, why don't you do that? Trying to embarrass her a little bit, but they take him up on it, and they do it. They they Carlo and Fanny reenact um, Venus. I love that they didn't spend too much time on this either. They kind of just like breezed through it. I was about to ask you, I'm like, mm, I watched this movie a month ago, I have two lines of notes on it. It was like a quick montage of it, so it, it's not even a whole bullet point here, so we're just going to move on for a minute. Great, um, okay. They do that, and then the three of them put on a story about a singer competing in a talent television competition. Uh, the singer... But like with Satan, right? <laughs> the singer made a deal with the devil in order to get right. on the competition show, and uh, as she's on stage, I fucking loved this. So I, it's not my favorite story, it's... I, Never like anything with like a talent competition, but the, when she starts singing, um, and she's singing this really sweet song about music and love, and then it turns into um, like the devil possesses her and starts singing, "Let's shut him up and cut him up, kill all the children." Uh, <laughs> it's just great. The transition is seamless. I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, ooh, I stopped taking notes towards the end here. He's, he's Ian said, "Bored now." Well, they definitely so the musical number I zoned out and what's weird is so i'm not a musical theater gay nothing wrong yeah. with it if you are but i'm just like not but normally for that i yeah normally <laughs> i love a musical or dance number in something that's not a musical or a dance thing mm-hmm. but like this i was like all right what the fuck i this? think and i think that because I, I was the same way i only paid attention to the i only liked it the second time because i paid attention to the lyrics um but the first time i was i was very much checked out of the music i think you moment. and i both like said something to each it's other because this. i think like while the stories they're telling are set up really great and like the acting is great and the stories are even kind of you know they're really good um it's still like the fourth story they get onto, and it's I, by that point i think it starts to drag just a little bit i think maybe capping it at three stories would have been better um but i mean we have this so it's already here right um so carlo after this story leaves and goes back to work he's got to deliver some more pizzas um, he asked her to sign it <laughs> he asked her to sign the pizza box oh, to his best i wish friend. he would have just had a book you know i would have been so disappointed getting a pizza box signed <laughs> but um, i like that he's like what he's i think so i wrote it down in my notes what he yeah. says is like Say that we're best friends and we did coke together. And then she's like, that's exactly how I signed it. He's like, but I'm not a writer. And she's like, but that's exactly how I signed it. She loves Carlo, too. When he says he's leaving, she's like, no, Carlo. Um, Because they've bonded. And you know what was funny about Carlo is that he comes in. He's not ever. He's not trying to be a writer. He has no aspirations to be a writer or anything like that. But even he is more confident and thus more talented than Fred. Well, and then Fred is getting a little jealous of it we see him getting jealous jealouser and jealouser by the minute um so as car whenever carlo leaves fanny takes a bucket out to the woods and she's going to use the restroom and while she's out there fred goes through her idea notebook and sees i like that you politely say she's going to use the restroom when she even says takes a shit defecate she (laughs) says like say the words well she says a coke def like d fish or something like that i forget what she but like she says it's because of coke because not that I would know, but it does make you poop sometimes. Um, and I like that, like, she explicitly says that. 
because I don't know. She's like not trying to impress this dude. She doesn't care. She's like, I'm gonna take a dump she in this doesn't. bucket. She's not romantically interested in this guy. No. Um, she goes out, use the restroom. He he goes through her idea notebook and uh, sees that she's been writing about him and their stories. Uh, like every story they write down or they come up with together or you know separately. Like it, and I guess all the stories in a way are collaborative. So she's been writing them all down. Which you know, as a writer, you take your inspiration from life. And if you're sitting there doing that, he, as another writer, should have had his own notebook out doing the same damn thing, right? I mean... There's uh, no harm in her writing those stories down. Right, that's... Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I don't know that he needed to be writing them down, but there's no harm in her... Exactly. If he chose not to do that, then he just missed the opportunity. Right, there's nothing to be mad at because, Mm -hmm. yeah... It's not like she would have given it. She wouldn't have given one shit if he was writing. She would have been like, all right, whatever. I don't care. Like, yeah. But Fred is butthurt. Right. Uh, he comes, she comes back and he's like, okay. She's like, basically by this point, she's like wine drunk. We see her like down a whole bottle of wine. So she's you down a whole bottle of wine. You're ready for bed. Um, And she's like, okay, I'm going to bed. But he's like, one more story, one more story. And he starts to tell the story of the night that they've been on. Um, basically revealing to her that he read the notebook and that he's pretty pissed about the things that she said about him and that she thinks, you know, he doesn't have any talent and stuff like that. Um, They get into a heated back and forth about talent. And here's my problem with Fred, okay? Hit me. Uh, He's just one of those guys that I want to like him so much. I love the actor. Love the actor. There's nothing on the actor. It's just the character. He's one of those guys that just gets down on himself too much. Like, he laments, like... You know, that he's pretty much been bullied by life, he feels. He feels like everything's unfair and, like, you know. But instead of doing anything about it, like she says earlier, well, do something. Um, instead of doing anything about his life and, and trying to improve his life and quit bitching about it, like, that's all he does is, is he complains and he moans and groans and... Um, God, am I Fred? <laughs> I think uh, that's what I'm saying is we are, I think we're all like that though. Is we all like, yes, like, Ian, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ian, get, get over yourself. <laughs> but I feel like we're all the Freds who can be the fanny, but we see other people being a fanny on the outside. And we're yeah. it just, it's, it's hard, but there are the, there's the difference between the people who won't do anything about their situation and who will, um, and Fanny is one of those people who's just, you know, one of those go-getters. And she's going to do something even if she feels like Fred sometimes. But Fred just holds himself back, and it's it's disappointing. Fred basically tells her, hey, I have this fire poker I'm going to chase you with. Um, run. <laughs> and she gets freaked out. Because I think there's this moment where I couldn't even tell whether he, because it's called scare me. Their right. goal at the beginning of the night was to scare each other. And I can't tell, and I do think that he is trying to scare her, but I couldn't... But you don't think he was trying to kill her? I, just 100%. I, I can't... <laughs> I don't know if he was going to try okay. to kill her or not. What did you think? Yes, I did think he was trying to kill her. I did think you? they were dr- drunk and high. Okay. He felt attacked. He felt emasculated. He yep. felt like, oh, she had a better bond with the pizza dude than me, even though I'm the one she's here with. Um, and then he's found those notes. So I think to him it was like... Because, a thing we glossed over, he also mentions his wife got a restraining order against him. Yes. So I do think there was, like, a dark side. to Like, I think he was, not only was he, like, just, like, your regular average, like, dude who's down on himself, but he's, like, also probably low-key a shitty dude. Yeah. Um, So I think that, like, he had just, like, had it. It was, like, his snapping moment, and I think he was, like, out. I don't know if he, like... 
it was kind of like he was just so angry at her because of the notes. Um, because I felt like he felt like her existing was a personal attack, right? Yeah. And like we said, she didn't really give a shit either way. She genuinely gave him critiques that helped make his story better. But like, right, if he was like, all right, we're done, and she went home, she would have been fine. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and, and this is why I kind of like can't really tell this, like... The film doesn't feel like, you know, a psycho killer film. It feels like a film that's trying to say something else um, through the lens of kind of, you know, these people, this this guy and this girl, you know, telling each other scary stories. And so that's why I'm like, well, maybe, you know, it's not that cut and dry that he's just trying to kill her. Um, so I don't know. I think I think both are possible, I guess. Um, Either way, I did not love the, uh, the turn it took. I didn't I, You know, uh, but then I was thinking, because I, I feel you on that, I do. But then I was thinking, what would I have done? You know, I'm big, I'm big rewriter. Give me a Zachary rewrite. I don't have one. I don't have one. What is Ian's right. rewrite? Let's flip the script here. All right, so Scare how do we want me to... How do, <laughs> do we want I want me you to, to do it. Do it. <laughs> if we needed to... if So I feel like they probably just wanted to have like a... Uh, there needed to be a climax, right? Because we weren't telling stories. Yeah. There's no climax because sure, there could be a climax within the story within a story, but that doesn't count. Um, if we needed to go for a scary climax, have the taxi driver have mentioned, oh, someone escaped a fucking asylum years ago. Sure. And then there's like a random person in their house that chases them and they have to like kill this dude. Um but I don't know. I don't know that that would even work. But like, I think, I you know what? I, I'm going to bounce off of yours. We're collaborating oh. on a story, Ian. Oh, oh art imitate. Or, yeah, art imitate I love a Ian and Zachary collab. <laughs> so they both take this killer down. They they make it through the, the last bit of the night. It's already like 5 a.m. at this point, right? So right. they make it through the last bit of the night. And uh, then, and I think this would bounce off of the, the, the overall like message of the, the movie anyway, is... She's been taking notes throughout the night. You know, she's doing the, her writer duties, and he hasn't really been doing that. Well, who would write the book on their night first? Um, and it would be her because he wouldn't take the initiative in doing it. And maybe it ends with her having written this book about the night, and he's just pissed again. You know? All right. It's kind of just where it would end up because that's the natural place it would end up. All right. This was weird. This was weird. He chases her around with the fire poker. Uh, she hides under the bed. She comes out, and he's, like, upstairs with her and chases her. She runs down the stairs, and he trips and impales himself with the fire poker. And he's just, like, laying there. He's still alive, but he knows he's dying. He's like, he asks her to kill him. Finish me off. And she, like, considers it. She She's, like, pretty traumatized here. Um, right. She raises, like, a, a, a log she's going to bash him, but then she just drops it and leaves. She leaves an idea notebook. She leaves a log. She leaves him. She just goes, and we don't see her again. Um, and I'm guessing he just dies, you know, right. from his injuries. And then the next day, Bettina comes to pick him up and finds Franny's notebook. The movie ends, and then we get, we get this this mid credit scene. What's the mid credit scene? Because you had turned it off, <laughs> and I kept – I always, like, keep it going. And, like, there's a little bit of credits, and then we go to yeah. that – the – uh, taxi driver's face on the cover of like a best-selling novel and it's about like she had taken she stole the idea yeah. so like we start the movie with her saying he can't steal her idea he steals her idea and then she steals 
someone else's idea and she wins which i love <laughs> if bettina wins at the end she, she wins. does i mean that's even, the kind of even if love. franny like read the book and, and tried to sue her for it she doesn't have the notebook she doesn't have any proof that that not even happened because he's dead you know nobody could corroborate the story i guess otherwise Carl, she would Carl go to Lowe. jail for yeah. leaving a guy dead <laughs> it's just bettina wins is, is the is the take and that's the kind of shit movie. that i love i that's the kind of and like i didn't love the like chase scene but i loved her stealing the book yeah. and getting the bestseller novel yeah for sure and that is scare me i really enjoyed it really enjoyed it and even this, watching it the second time i think it's a great movie to uh i think i would even watch it a third time i'd probably like if i was working on anything or you know doing something else i would have it on in the background hmm. um i don't know All what's right. your favorite part of this movie I think it might be that cut scene at the end. Because I like, other than that, I wouldn't have a specific. I liked yeah. all of her interruptions. Okay. I liked all of, um, whenever she'd be like, nope, tell me more. Nope, what is this? Like, give me a detail. <laughs> um, I liked all of her shitty remarks and her critiques. Yeah. But, like, that wouldn't be a specific scene. That'd be, I love that. But we're going for a scene. Then my scene is that cut scene. What's your favorite scene, Zachary? Oh, her whole grand grandpa story i think that was the best one loved it right. loved her acting in it loved the story shutter please make that a movie <laughs> um how are we gonna end this one come up come up with a story for me not a whole story we don't have the time for it but <laughs> just a, a quick little something the setup for a story or something i don't know two gays were recording a podcast <gasps> um they were not in the same area. They were states away from each other. I would probably make them one on one coast, one on the other coast, because what's the Midwest, Zach? I don't know. <laughs> and I would have like a like zombie outbreak happen while they're recording. And like they don't realize till after they're done recording, but like most people are dead, but they were like in their rooms recording, so they like survived. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Okay. So I'll take the beginning of yours. Um, two gays are recording. Two faggots. <laughs> uh, they finish recording. They hang up. Um, one faggot goes to his window. He's going to, you know, look out real quick. He hears a noise, kind of like a rattling or something like that. He looks out and he sees this old person in a, like a long dress or something. Old lady, we'll say. Like a long dress. Um, pushing like like a basket from like target or something, something creepy, right. like a Walmart basket. <laughs> um, and the old lady pushing the Walmart basket down the street in the middle of the night notices the faggot looking at her. And so she changes direction from walking down the street to walking up to his front door. Dun, dun, dun. And that's that. All right. All right. That's acceptable. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We had a great time watching this movie. Uh, if you if you have Shudder, unlike Ian, go check it out. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Shudder's like four bucks on Amazon Prime, where you know you can get the get the the service itself. Um, where can they find My Bloody Judy? Ian? Uh, you can find My Bloody Judy uh, in the Slayer Fest '98 podcast feed, and you can find us on Twitter and instagram at slayerfest x98 zachary where can they find my bloody judy on youtube youtube.com slash azb bonus features uh we put new episodes out twice a month so stay tuned for our next one we're gonna be doing a uh, high tension all righty <laughs> are we doing hot <laughs> are we <laughs> we'll see we'll see to be continued all right bye guys bye